Listen, something fantastic has happened. After a sold-out debut in January, my solo show Rebirth is back and better than ever with an all-new, all-different edition on Tuesday, March 10th at 7 p.m. The show is the most personal thing I've ever done and the work I'm proudest of in my career. I lean on this podcast as a source of community, and on that first night at the duplex, I felt that love build into a cone of explosive power from every person in the room. I'd like you to be there when we do it again. For the second edition, I have no plans for reruns, so if you were there in January, I hope you can come back. Count on new revelations, new breakthroughs, and new super divas. I've got a lot to work through. So I hope you can join me Tuesday, March 10th at 7 p.m. at the historic duplex. Tickets are indeed available at davidgoldberg.online and the duplex site. See you there. Mwah. They're all here. The divas, princes, and living legends you should be obsessed with. Sitting down with me. I'm David Goldberg. These are the luminaries. Eternal queer luminary Drew Drogi has never shied away from the best and worst of human behavior. And with his new play, Happy Birthday, Doug, running at Soho Playhouse through March 29th, he presents a Mad Max phantasmagoria of white gay nonsense. He joins me to talk about the unflinching new performance. Drew Drogi, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my God, thank you, David. I, uh, You don't know this. I interviewed you for Bright Colors and Bold Patterns over the phone with Michael Yuri for Time Out New York. And okay, okay, great. I lost that interview. <laughs> oh no. So we never published it. Oh, and it's okay. Like something now, that's kind of vaguely coming back to life. me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. Also during that interview, it was so you. Um, you were in your car on the phone. <gasps> oh, that's right. I totally remember this. I remember exactly where I was. I was in my car and like we were, we got so, I was so bummed that we lost that it too because we had a really good interview. Yeah. We really got into it. Yeah, we did. And but then didn't something happen? Somebody came some, running up to my this, car at something at some point. We just heard a yell, and then there was silence, and it was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And you were like, I'm sorry. Uh, some strange woman just, like, banged on my Oh, window. my God. It's, it is what happens to me, David. It's why I write the shows that I do. Creatures come for me. I am a magnet for crazy, a magnet for awful, uh, and I'm just, I've just turned it into a career. I'm like, thank you. For that awful behavior or so cra- – I mean, it, 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 it. I have countless friends that say that to me. They're like, it only happens when I'm with you. Did we interact – did we witness that horrible It was really reassuring. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, Drew is the same <laughs> person he's always been. Um, you know, I used to live in L.A. Okay. Let's say during Obama's first and second – and some of his second terms. Okay. So, like, okay. uh, 2012-ish. Sure. And you were, like, such a big l- – I felt so out of it there. I felt so confused in gay L.A. world. And you, anytime I would see you perform, one time I saw you perform as Chloe, and it was incredible because the crowd just did not get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you this started— this may have been before my videos? No, I mean, the videos were going. Oh, they were going. Okay, okay. And yeah, that it was, was a rare so, live That appearance. was so common when I was before the videos came oh, out. Okay. I would do that on stage and audiences would just stare at me. And it, it was, was amazing. just yeah, it is kind of I mean, I it kind of the very first time I ever did it in a um sketch comedy group in 2002 at Celebration Theater in LA, um that audience just they hated me during that moment. That was like 5 minutes of the most uncomfortable <laughs> Horrible. But I, there was something in me that was like, get up there and do it again. And I'm not that comedian that likes to get up and bomb. I'm way more an, a sensitive actor that wants people to like me. I will oh. I will get really like – so I, I don't know. That wasn't 
normal for me. Like, okay. to get up and, you know. But when you're in the moment, you had to just commit and double down I and do it. I could feel, I felt this, like, kind of surge of power, and I could feel you gaining power because it was in some Silver Lake bar. These gays were just not registering. <laughs> so you started doubling down, and the references got more esoteric. Oh, like, you God. kept going and going, and I was just like, yes. I felt like I was the only one in the crowd, and I was like, yes, 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 yes. So. Oh, good. Anyways, I've been a long time admirer. Oh, thank you. So, um, you know, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns wasn't that long ago, correct? No, it was no. less than two years ago? It was. We did it, uh, let me think. We Late uh, 2017, right? 2017 into to, to 2018. And right. And then we, f- yes, because we did the filming of, uh, of the show, mm. I want to say in April of 2018. And, um, yeah. And so uh, this one's this one, and this one I I uh, brought out last year for the first time. I, I wrote this oh, wow. one last year in 2019. So yeah, I'm curious about like, was there a refractory period after Bright Colors? Oh Bold yeah, Patterns? I mean, because I I actually wrote the first version of Bright Colors in 2013. So like, I had oh, wow. time in between. It was I was sort of riding that wave, okay. but I was killing myself going, "You need to write something new." You need, and Bright Colors kept running, and then the then we we you know we ran the 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 filmed version of it on Broadway HD, which mm-hmm. we did at several festivals, and I and we. We did that in LA, and we did it in Australia, and and then productions of it were happening, and Jeff Hiller was doing it. So like, it was like everybody kept saying, "Oh my God, congratulations on Bright Colors!" But I hadn't really done work as a writer on it in a, quite a while. Yeah, and um, so this was something percolating for a while, and I was like, I really was like, you have to do something new, because otherwise I was just going to be doing Bright Colors forever, and I was going to be like. <laughs> Dusting off Mark Twain tonight, like every, you know what I mean? Being like, oh my God, is he still doing that same show where he's, you know, I remember to be, when uh, Natalie Portman was on Ellen for one of the Star Wars movies she was in. And Ellen, they showed a clip and Natalie Portman was like, I honestly don't remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> and it is that thing of like, oh God, I wrote this so fucking long right, ago. Right, 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 right. And there are things about it that, you know, I mean, I, I love that show and I'm so pleased that people really responded to it and just like with the Chloe videos mm. when people like because I write so many things that don't really go anywhere and so it's not like everything you write is going to kill and be gold so you know and some people really like it but you know with this new show I'm in love with it because it's new and I'm having so much fun doing it and everything um, you know because there were things in bright colors that I was like uh the, you know, I, I got irritated. I, I get annoyed mm. with my own work a little bit. I, I start picking apart the things, and I'm going, oh, I could have rewritten that. I could have made that better, and I could have redone. And I think that's just, you know, you kind of have to let things go at a certain point and walk away from them. Otherwise, you, you know, if you have any sense of, like, perfectionism in you, that, you know, you're just going to be like, I have to— this It'll never gonna... end. Right, and it makes you crazy. And I did, you know, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, it's one character, and, like, it's really you being like, you are going to look at this person. Oh, yeah. Want to or not. Oh, yeah. This, there is multiple characters. And when it started, I was like, oh, we're going to be sticking with this, I think, Jason. Jason's the first character. And yeah. I was like, oh, so it's kind of going to be that. And then it— Jumps and jumps and jumps to many characters. So I can see how this offers you a little more, like, freedom or totally, space. Totally. And, it, I mean, the thing is that the limitations of this show is the way the – way, with it being written this way, you get less time with each character, a, right. a lot less time. So you don't really get an arc with any, with any of them, really. Um, some of them you do, actually. You learn more about them as you go on, hopefully. Um but they are. It is way more sketchy in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because it, it able. It, it gives me the ability to 
really show a wide range of gay men that are at a party together. And I wanted to show a little bit of all of it. And I feel like at a party, when you're, you know, my other show was leading up to a wedding. So it was like at a house and just the vibe of it is like it's going to be more relaxed and it's going to be more, you know, this is in the middle of a party. So you, you know, logically, how much can you get out information-wise while you're in the middle of a party? Um, I also was like, I kind of wanted some characters to be really lovely yeah. Great people. And I wanted some characters to not get redeemed. <laughs> I wanted some of them to just kind of be awful. And you don't – because I don't know. There's something that – one of my favorite movies in the last 15 years or so is um, Young Adult with Charlize Theron. I mean, right? One of the best movies ever and one of the best performances. Uh, and, and she didn't so uh, one of the most good. One of the most delicious endings ever, right? Yeah. And so – in that, and somebody was talking about that character, and she was doing an interview with that. Charlie Theron was doing an interview, and somebody said, "Well, well, what makes this character a bad person?" And she goes, "Well, some people are just assholes." And she goes, "They don't need they don't need a, a backstory or an explanation of here's why they are the person that they are. Some people are just bad eggs." Amazing. And I love that because, you know, I, I don't always think that I feel like sometimes we pick things apart and we go, "Well," here, and then we sort of explain. Our villains away, and we're we're living in a world now where we like we really get inside Joker's head, or we really we learn the priest, which is all interesting. And it's like Wicked is the same thing. It's like oh, let's look at the the other side of things, which I think is a, an interesting exercise. But I also think some people are just kind of like, ugh. Yeah, I don't really need. To I know, deal like- with that person at a party, and I'm not going to get their backstory at a party. I'm not going to find out why they're being so socially awkward. But we all have dealt with that person before, and I hope it's therapeutic for people to watch as much as it is for me to do because it's so much fun for me to play all of these people. Have you watched the new High Fidelity show? No, I haven't. So there's a gay character on it, and it's one of those things where he's like – He's not like other gays. He's like not uh-huh. the gay you'd expect. Uh-huh. Like he listens to rock and roll and he has what? weird hair. Right. It, weird hair. And like <laughs> in the straight writers room's heads, they're yes. like, oh, look, we're like subverting things. Mm-hmm. To me, what would actually subvert things if it, if you just showed real faggots. Thank who can you. can be awful and Absolutely. loud or whatever. But like showing straight seeming gays is not that interesting. Absolutely. I want to see like gays being gays, gays being awful, all of it. Same. We went through such a long period where we our only representation was we were these very stereotypical, as the wonderful Patrick Bristow uh, named them, um, swish and fetch it roles. Mm. And it was like, you know, they come in, they're like, what? Bouquet? Oh, bye. And you get three lines and they're in and out. Yeah. And they all wear the same vest and they, you know. And so then we were like, well, that's offensive. We need to show that we're real people. And now... You have so many of these, uh, these like, bro-y or, like, quote-unquote straight-acting, yeah. heteronormative gay people who just happen to like dudes. And that's boring. I'm like, I, yeah. I miss the faggots. I miss the ones that are just, like, who at least they get to be funny. Yeah. At least they have some flavor to them that's different and unique and specific. Exactly. But unless you have uh, gay people in there who are willing to do that work. Because it's just, like, I'm not going to write— a pro- I'm not going to write a complicated black character without – a black person needs to write. You know what I mean? It's right. like you need gay people in there who are willing right. to show what's what our warts are and what's – what's you know, because that's something that we're so – we're so we, – we're afraid of doing that. And that's something that I'm not. And it's one thing Thank that God. I always do because I'm like, you know, I got to work on Big Mouth season two and we got to – Throw in a you know with the adding in a um, if you know that show the Netflix show yeah but like we at, we had an old queen on the show and that we, we added it for an Amazing. episode where Andrew Randall's character goes and 
you know, and 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 meets the and you know meets an old queen, and I was the only gay writer in the room, and they were like, oh, the gay guys will meet and they'll get along. I was like, um, how about no? How about this old queen is going to read this young twink to filth and to tell him that he doesn't know and tell him like just because you're gay doesn't mean you have a personality, yes. you know. And that's something that they had never considered and that they went with and they were like, oh, my God, that's so much more interesting. Right. Can we do that? Is that okay? And it's like, no, that's kind of what our whole thing is, is that we can be – we really need each other desperately. We are each other's allies and supporters, but we're also our our own worst enemies and oh, we're the yeah. worst. And we're also human beings. We make mistakes. We We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. We totally screw up. That's like what makes us interesting. And, um, but we are different and we should be, we should always feel different. That's a great thing. I was thinking about, I just rewatched Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett. Oh yeah. And at the beginning, they're like, they give the backstory where they're like the Protestants and the Anglicans. And like, I'm Jewish. So whenever I hear about like sex of Christianity at war, I'm like, I I get so confused. Well, same. Because as a Protestant, I don't understand the Catholic thing. I never grew up with any (sighs) Catholic people. In North Carolina, it's right. North Carolina. Everyone is Protestant, let alone Christian. Right. That's that's you know. So I also don't really understand right. it. Either. But then when you're inside of it, it's like clear as day. And even like I was just telling you about this award uh, show that I was at. That was a Manhattan queer drag nightlife award show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know half. No, I didn't know seventy five percent of the drag queens are performers because they're not Brooklyn queer. So wow. even within there's like. Brooklyn versus Manhattan gays. Then you have right. all the di- – like, it's such a and, – and I think unless you're in it, you just are like, oh, yeah, everyone is one big – we are family, which is like, Ooh. <laughs> yes. But- yes, but no. Yeah. I know. And the complicated – that space in between that is what's always interesting to me. And, um, you know, we're slowly creeping in, but you really need – you know, so, you know, you really need somebody that's at the head who understands that queer experience. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I want to ask you, you know, in terms of exposing those warts, I feel like you are based in L.A. And I'm just curious about when you've done this sort of work in L.A. versus when you've done this sort of thing in New York. I'm not saying that New York is perfect, but I do think New York has some history of, of self-satire. Like if you think about Larry Kramer's Faggots or Dancer sure, from the Dance. Sure. And I just wonder, like, if you've noticed when you do your type of writing, this humor, these shows in L.A. versus in New York. Like, do the are the L.A. gays getting it in the same way? Do they get it in a different way, maybe? They, to- they get it. In a different way, I think. I mean, a lot of it is because I've lived in L.A. for 20 years, and I usually do shows in smaller audiences there. I mean, so the theaters are smaller there. I know 80% of the room, or they know me. They know who I am. They've seen me on stage. If they don't know me personally. So I have a built-in sort of padded, like, they're going to laugh most likely at a lot of – because, you know. um, Also, a show like Happy Birthday, Doug – is so about L.A. and there's certain jokes. I make a – I mean when one of my characters, the young character, talks about reading a book, Save the Cat, that's such an L.A. because everyone reads that book to learn how to write a screenplay. 
So New York, I always say that the New York audiences are more fair because I I do have to work for a laugh. They don't come. I don't walk out at, on stage in New York and they go, "Whoa, that's right. amazing!" So it's it's a, and you know and it, uh, and um, Soho Playhouse is almost two hundred seats, which is bigger than most you know places I do in LA. So um, it, it is a you know um, they're not going to immediately laugh at all of those things, but they also respond more. I feel like here, at least so far in this run. They're responding more to like performance stuff that I'm doing, mm-hmm. more more like just character work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's also really fun. I'm able to sort of do behavioral stuff that in LA they're not as tuned into, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm also really conscious of where I do these shows because I do, I perform a lot of shows in LA at Casita del Campo, which is a Mexican restaurant with a theater in the basement. And we do the Golden Girls there, we do a lot of campy drag right. shows there. But I don't do my solo shows there, or I didn't do Bright Colors or Happy Birthday Doug there, because everyone's drunk. The, the above us, they're constantly moving tables around. There's just a constant sense of there's no there's no um, focus there. You know, they want like big, loud, funny joke, joke, joke. And when I do things that I'm like, there needs to be a little bit more space here to not be funny, and for people to be thoughtful, I have to book it in a theater. Yeah. And so I'm, I also think about that too before where like where the shows would live best, as opposed to just like you know getting up and doing it. When you both of these shows definitely get darker <laughs> as they go, <laughs> and I I am like so curious about when you're writing them, and then when you're first performing them, when if you have any sort of Anything going in your head of like, okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like I always love when my characters use, you know, I mean, it's very common in a lot of, uh, that. what do they always say in gay plays? They're always like drinks and dick and uh, drinks, drug and dick, the three Ds and gay plays. They're in all, I don't know. There's, oh, some, there's something right. about that that's in a lot of, so I do love my characters on substances because- they reveal a lot of their truth. It's not about, like, let's see how, 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 like, messed up they can get as much as you really see the core of who they are. Also, I like playing messy people, and that kind of gives them in that space. They're not guarded. They're not kind of being polite. Um, so at a certain point, it has to go a little bit darker. And then it, it always happens for me. I always like starting things really high energy at the top. Yeah. And then as I'm writing, going, okay, what's underneath this? What's really... Mm-hmm. What's really going on with this? But I also I always love. I mean, I love young adult, and a lot of people watch that and they go, "Oh, I didn't know how to how to feel about that. I didn't know I didn't like that lead character." And I'm like, I loved her because she was so complicated and awful, and she learned the wrong lesson. I love any time a character learns the wrong lesson at the end. Yes, you know. Yeah, she and she has the choice to change, but instead she doubles down. Oh, like, I think completely! That's incredible. It's so great, you know. And so I don't know, but that's it's a taste thing as well. I don't ever want to. Originally in Happy Birthday, Doug, my final piece, I had Doug coming out, and it was very sentimental, and he was very um, appreciative of all his friends, and it was this, like, kind of lovely thing. And I, was, I just woke up one morning, and I was like, I hate him. <laughs> I don't want him coming out at the end being like, thank you all, yeah. I love you all. And I was like, I just want to yell at these people. And I'm like, oh, he's going to. And, I, and so I rewrote that. Now, and, you know, it's just always more honest to where I want to I thought in. this one really reminded me— when I watched it, I thought a lot about Valerie Cherish. Oh, did you? Because I just think <laughs> I, what Lisa Kudrow did, which I think, like, for some reason, no one does this, but it's it's a character who's so consumed with fear and who's, oh, like, sure, literally sure. just—you're just watching her just trying her best to, like— 
she's vibrating with fear. And and I I really got that with a lot of the characters in Happy Birthday, mm-hmm. Doug. Is like you can see that there's like the the wheels are spinning yes. behind their eyes, and yes. there's like this kind of sense of terror and this like lack of safety to well, a lot it's social of them. anxiety. Yeah, and it's also it's just. It's so many gay events. It's like opening night of Outfest or at like the award show you're talking about or at a birthday party where we're so weird around each other. We don't yeah. know how to be. We don't know really how to behave. And I'm so fascinated by that. Um, yes. And and I love – I mean I love that you compared her to the Valerie Cherish because I that character too is she thinks she's – portraying one thing and and what you're getting is a very different <laughs> thing which I love you know I love when a character like thinks like oh I'm beloved I've got this together yeah. I am so calm and then underneath you're just seeing this person fall apart I love it there's <laughs> I, in Muriel's wedding when she walks down the aisle they cut to all the people looking at her and they're all just like <laughs> Not <laughs> having it. Meanwhile, she's like she's living, Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, I feel like you know, in, in um, the last place, certainly, I think we start with a person who's that delusional, and then as it goes, we kind of come to this point of like, no, they know. Oh yeah, this it's more the last place, kind of like after the train, after the parade has left mm-hmm. him by. This we're kind of like. The last night before the apocalypse. Like, this, we're kind of, like, in <laughs> we're Sodom in the and Gomorrah right at the now. peak. Yes, yeah. yes. So there is more of, like, this kind of frenzied... Well, I have the very first character, Jason, say at the very beginning of the show, everything's happening right now. <laughs> and and his and he thinks he's being very, you know, uh, intellectual and psychically connected. And But I also wanted that to be sort of a theme in the play is that it is about now and about being present how hard it is for Doug to stay present or for anyone to stay mm-hmm. present at your own party when you have so much energy coming at you and every person you you get is going to give you different energy. Um, and then I have Oscar Wilde uh, later tell him to be present, be in the moment. <laughs> so it is so much about that. It's also very L.A. to be in the to be present. And, you know, our yes. focus is trying to so be now. But also literally it's a play about what's happening right now versus – um, what's, you know, before or after. I want to ask, there's a 26-year-old character. Yes. How you made him and constructed <laughs> him, because he's very well written, but the acting of that one, I was like, oh my God, this is uncanny. Oh my God. You really got that, like, exact uh, energy down. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> um, I do have a lot of younger friends. There was a a friend that I was hanging out with a while and I should reach I think he lives here still now we haven't obviously we haven't seen each other but he was a DJ and we got into a conversation about cultural appropriation about what kind of music he was he felt comfortable playing and that sort of sparked the idea of like oh wow taking wokeness and political correctness like so far that you're actually doing the opposite work Mm -hmm. you know and this character of the show won't play people of color (laughs) because he thinks that's cultural appropriation (laughs) And my argument to him was, so you're only going to play white music? Like, isn't that worse than, you know, than, like, that's terrible. Like, you know, and the only time I think anybody would, you know, no matter what color they were, raise a red flag and go, wait, they're only, if you realize it's only Taylor Swift playing right now or, you know. Um, So anyway, I just started to think about him with that. And a lot of, I also, I don't know, I feel like a lot of, um, Oh, you know, it's totally to generalize, but a lot of younger gay kids are either like 
completely owning their femininity and they're fabulous when they're 13. Or if they're not inclined to be that effeminate, they're not really that, they don't feel a need to sort of tap into that. So a lot of 26-year-olds that I know or people in their 20s are not as as flamboyant as people who are older than them. Mm -hmm. And I find that interesting too. So I wanted to make him newly out. I mean, he's been out for like less than a year. Um, and very cautious, and he's very worried about ever saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And, of course, he always does. That's, that's you know, to me what's fun about him is that he he's kind of insulting the guy who's his, who's his hero throughout the whole show. Yeah, I'm curious about what the response has been to this show and to Bright Colors and Bold Patterns from people of different ages. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... From what I've gotten, and again, I I, I don't always hear everything because okay. people don't going to tell me everything. But a lot of young people are really coming telling me that they really enjoy it and really liking it. Um, I don't know. I mean, Christopher, the old character in my show, is the to me is the like heart of the show. Um, people who are not responding to it, I do think are generally older, but maybe they. Are, I don't know. Maybe they're not. Uh, it's maybe not what they want to hear or they're not their experience. I mean, I know some people think it's like I have said it's a night of the most unlikable gay people they've ever seen. And I'm like, well, but that is mostly straight people saying that, that are seeing mm. it, that may not know. I mean, I'm generalizing. I don't know. But I'm but I I don't know. Also, I'll own it. I'll own it. Like that there's some of them are unlikable. I agree. You kind of have to go into it going, yeah. Yeah, it's an um, exorcism. Right. Exactly. So I don't really – that doesn't really bother me too much when I say that. I don't, I'll tell these people, I'm like, well, you're not really wrong, but you're also allowed to laugh at these people. Like, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, if you don't think it's funny, then you don't have to laugh. But, but it's certainly not, like, taboo to do that. And I feel like it's a really – we're in a really – not I feel like I know. Like, we all know. Like, we're in a really tricky time right now about, like, what we can laugh at. And are we allowed to – is this okay? Can we – and I just think laughter is so powerful and so necessary mm-hmm. right now. And we have to be able to laugh at ourselves and with ourselves. And, I mean, I say in Bright Colors, you know, we celebrate things and make fun of them at the same time. That's what's called gay. You know, um, I mean, that's kind of what we do. And we should be doing that a yeah. lot more. Um, so, yeah. In terms of acting, like... You've done every sort of role. I even remember when you were in Ass Backwards as Homeless Norma. Oh, my God. I remember being like... <laughs> I love that you remember that. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, this... But this is such a big spectrum. You do such a range of characters. So I'm just curious, like, would you say this is the hardest thing you've had to do as an actor? Like, what, what's been the hardest thing? No, it really hasn't been. I think a lot of it... Every time I do anything that I've written... I feel like it's it's easier. I mean, energy-wise, it's very hard. It's a yeah. lot of energy that I realize that I have to sleep a lot and, okay, you know, and do a lot for, like, get ready for this one hour that I'm on stage. Um, but no, I don't know what the hardest thing I've done. I mean, I feel like, like, last last year, I don't know if you know Justin Sayer. But mm-hmm. if you're, so Justin did this serial where we were on, so we did a 90-minute show every week for six weeks. It was a soap opera on stage called Ravenswood Manor. He's mm-hmm. done a couple readings of it here. That was so much fun, but also so hard because we had multiple characters and we had to learn 60 pages of material every week. So we were on stage in a soap opera. We did four performances and then we would trash it and have to clear our brains 
Whoa. out of, the, you know, get all that material out and then do a new one. That was so much harder. And I remember even saying to Tom Detrenas, my director for Happy Birthday, Doug, I cannot wait to go and do my solo show, which will be so much easier in New York City than doing the, because, and That's I love doing Ravenswood, but it was so hard. And we had to dedicate so much time because we want it because it's so well written. And we wanted to get word for word, and we wanted to be, and we had, to, and we had different costume changes. We had to, we had to place costumes at different places in the theater because we had to run around the theater. And, so, and it was different every week. So that was definitely harder. Um, I haven't done anything like Shakespeare or classical in a long time, but I remember that being very hard, <laughs> and I'm not interested in doing that again. Yeah. I mean, I would, but God, please no. So when I see people doing that, I'm like, God, how are you doing that? That's, yeah. And why bother? I know. And if you could write your own stuff. Right. It's so much more fun. I also think, like, no one else is going to write a show like I'm writing for myself and give it to me and say, hey, do this. Um, So I'm getting to play characters in this new show that I've never gotten to play. Amazing. Um, And friends that are like, I've never, you know, just things I've always wanted to do. Um, Because when people write things for me, I'm always thrilled, but it's usually... Usually a horrible, usually a woman, um, usually, usually great lines they give me to say, but they're usually monster people to play. So, for some reason. Yeah, I'm David. remembering you in um, <laughs> You're Killing Me, too. Mm. I mean, you were so funny, but you were so awful. I was awful in that. I was also, I was such a loser in that movie. I was such <laughs> a sad. I mean, I love Jim Hansen, who makes the Chloe videos. He, he right. directed that movie, and he and Jeffrey Self wrote that movie. And when they, when I read it, what they'd written for me, I was like, I love you guys so much, but oh my God, <laughs> this guy is so... There was something so sad about him to me, because he was so entitled, but had nothing going on in his life that was going well. Right. And and Edie Patterson and I were just these lonely... Drinking the white wine. Yeah. Yes. And we were just <laughs> losers, like we had each other, and we were had this really toxic... Single gay man, single straight woman relationship <laughs> that was just not good for either one of us. In Silver Lake. In yeah. Silver Lake. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And our friends are getting murdered, and we're <laughs> so self-obsessed. So are any wheels spinning in your head about what you'd like to do next? You know, they're not. I good. mean, this is—yeah, I, I definitely feel like I, my, Bright Colors was a before a, a gay wedding in Palm Springs— Happy Birthday, Doug, is during a gay birthday party in L.A. So my third play has to be after a funeral in New York City. <laughs> I know that. For I know that's what it's going to be. Um, and I want to write a play with multiple characters as well. That's the next step, I think, is like I want to do that as well and just see what that's like. Because, you know, I just – every time I want to try to do something kind of new and – so, uh, but I have no idea what it is yet. I mean, that's just the bare bones of it. Well, I, I do think that goes to what you were saying about, like, showing how we relate to each other. Because, um, you know, Pose had a funeral episode this year. Oh, they did. I didn't it. watch all of it. You're fine. <laughs> and it was just so, I just hated it because it was so not what a funeral would look like uh-huh. in that community. It was so, like open arms kind of schmaltzy and I do think like a funeral is for our, in our community of course is this site of like love but it's also this site of like protest and it's also this site of like shit talking and Absolutely. exercising all these old wounds so I do think uh, like a queer funeral does kind of need your imprimatur or something well thanks I mean I I 
hate to say sadly, uh, I guess luckily I have not been to that many. <laughs> I'm just young enough to say that. And I so I don't want to make the obvious gay funeral play that somebody 10 or more years older than me should write, you know, and has written many, right. many, many of, and that we really need. Because I don't feel like I have the agency or the ability to do that firsthand. Um, so I don't know what that would look like. But, yeah, I agree. I think it's also something that we're very – because we are obsessed with being young, with being alive, with being Peter Pan, like sort of not following the rules. Yeah. That, you know, we're – we date outside different generations. We We don't really – so I feel like funerals are a huge – reminder of our mortality, you know, that we don't really want to face. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was Doug's 41st birthday because mm-hmm. I think I would meet a lot of I still do. I'll I'll meet a lot of men where I'm like, "Oh, he's 29." And then you find out that they're 40, 41. Just right. and and that's not like a judgment on their age. I just mean in right. terms of like, "Oh, this person seems like a little juvenile." And then because yes. the gay adolescence goes absolutely. on for so long. Absolutely. Absolutely. People come out they and also sometimes their teenage years last for yeah, forever right. and we don't always have to grow up in the same way. Right. And and a lot of that is so charming and wonderful. Yeah, we also great. you know, you don't a lot of us don't have children. Yeah, a lot of us do, but a lot of us don't and children age you and also children sort of remind you of that those steps where we're like, oh, I'm 58. I can go out and get drunk tonight. Or I'm 71. I'll, I can, you know, date a 35-year-old. Who cares? You know, so we don't have those sort of rules. But yes, it is. I also did 40 first because I didn't want it to be anxiety about turning 40. I feel right. like that's kind of boring. And I feel like we've seen that a bunch. I just turned 43. And it's great. Like, I hadn't, I don't know. I, I had way more anxiety thinking about 40 than I did when I turned 40. And yeah. I was like, Okay, cool. I feel great. I am more confident than I was 10 years ago. I feel really good. I'm loving my life. It's all good. So I wanted to make it an inconsequential birthday so that it wasn't so um, about, oh, God, lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Because I feel like we've we've seen that a bunch. Yeah. No, you're right, though. I was just talking because I'm turning 30 soon. I was just talking with a friend Happy of mine. birthday. Thank you. Who's my – well, you just had your birthday. I did. Like – Two weeks um, ago, yeah, right? uh, yeah, on the ninth, yeah. Okay, happy birthday! Wow. Thank you. So, and then you had to go right. I did my so show exciting. on my birthday, which was really fun. Uh, that's amazing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like I was talking with a uh, woman friend of mine, and she was like, "Well, the guy I'm dating right now, we need to get like going. We need to decide right. if this is serious or not because no, I'm getting that's there." Absolutely, and legit I was like, for "Straight couples, absolutely." It was mind boggling. Right. I was like, "Oh, I'm in like." Who's getting the Molly this week? Like, <laughs> I'm so not. I feel like things are just beginning, and like the party's just started now that like. Right. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. and that doesn't really change as someone right. who's like you know, I'll tell you as someone 13 years older <laughs> than you, you know, you make those decisions when it's in your life, but you don't really have those markers where you have to do that, right? You know, and there are people who, at whatever age, go, I need to. I need to do this now or I'm having fun. It's going great. Like, it's just you have to – it's weird. It's like there's no rules and, you know, it's great. And it's also – it's and it is a lot in bright colors to him having a crisis. He's like 36 or 37. I think he's supposed to be in the show. I never specify. But he is going, oh, God, everyone's getting married now and I'm I'm in my mid-late 30s. What happened? What happened? Right. You know. So – You've now done all these different mediums, and I'm just curious, like, if you have a 
preference? Like if you enjoy doing theater more or if you like doing all I of do. it? I do. Yeah. I like doing the theater the most. I mean, I love doing all of it. And it's really fun when I get to pop in and do, you know, fun parts on TV. And, and I love doing indie films. I love, you know, all of it. But there's something about that immediate reaction with an audience and getting up. And there's just a, the the... It's hard in a way that I really enjoy. I enjoy yeah. that sort of the work of it. Yeah. You know? um, with film and TV, you don't ever know how it's really going. Sometimes, you know, you work a day on something. You don't really know what movie you're in or what, <laughs> you know, and no one tells you. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, wow, if I had known, I could have matched with something else. And right. I don't, you don't really feel part of it. Or I'm in movies with people I've never met. You know, I'll run into people and go, hey, we're actually in the same <laughs> You know, and it's like you don't have that same camaraderie where yeah. you're in a play, even, you know, when it's just you, obviously, you, you meet everybody. But, you know, even in like with – I just – I love doing the live performance the most. Yeah. It's so – it's just unlike anything else. Yeah, there is yeah. just this connection. And I think like anyone who – it was so special seeing you do bright colors and bold patterns and then seeing Jeff and like oh, – I so good. Having different experiences with both of you with the same text, you know? Oh, Yeah. Well, like, it was it was so great for me to watch him do it and yes. to sort of see what he brought out and what he taught me about the thing that I didn't even know, which I know sounds corny as hell, but it's true. It's like another actor will come in and just find things and illuminate certain things and play moments differently. And I go, oh, right. Wow. You know. Yeah. Um, he's also a phenomenal actor, so he's able to Yeah, he to was do incredible. That. So yeah. what are the details? The show was just extended. We were extended through March 29th. Okay. Um, yeah, so it runs for most of the time, Thursdays through Sundays. There's one, the first week of March, it's kind of a wonky schedule. So we have like one Monday night, one Wednesday night. So, um, you know, so it's happybirthdaydoug.com. Fabulous. And where can people follow you? Oh, um, they can follow me at, uh, at Drew Drogi on Twitter or Drew underscore Drogi on Instagram. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, this was such a pleasure. Thank you oh, for being likewise. here. I always love talking to you. You're so smart and you, you get deep, which I love. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of The Luminaries, let me know. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Write a glowing encomio. Share it on your Instagram stories. Email it to your Aunt Joan. And help make this series bigger and better with every episode. Thank you for listening and let's grow together. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thank you.